Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Joe Thunder back once again with another episode of the Smoking Joe Thunder podcast. I got my homie Elvis Freshly in the building. What's good, G? Yo, chilling, man. What's up with you? Chilling, living, living la vida loca. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like trying to, bro. Okay, got you. We was talking about this earlier. That's shit, it. we gotta make all this time count, brother. Facts, we ain't like, young that's like that's you. That's shit. That's hey, I'm, I'm hey, you the fawns or what? Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey, real quick, shout out to our official sponsor, Be Good Dispensary. They're over there on 11 West Hamden. 114th and Cherokee Street in North Glen, Colorado. Across from the Boondocks. You already know. We got another banger for you, man. We got motherfucking OG. I don't want to say OG, 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 but he's OG, OG, OG in the motherfucking building. I don't know where I start. Some people call him an asshole. Some people know him as a producer. Some know him as a radio personality. MC. I mean, the list goes on and on. His name's Lenny Lynn in the motherfucking building. What's going on, uh, yeah. G? What's happening, man? Welcome, man. How you been? Thank you for coming through. Living. Living, living, living. Our history kind of goes back like a long time, huh? We go way back, man. Like it doesn't way, seem way like back. way back, but it's been way back, right? Yeah, it's been a while, while. Like, I mean, from days of what the Snake Pit, right? You know what I'm saying? Lazy Sundays, chilling at your crib, doing our thing. You know that's what I'm saying? About to say that's kind of like one of the first kind of things is you know doing the DVD and having you over. You're a freestyle fanatic. And you'd always love to come by the the crib and just freestyle it up, right? That was fun, man. And then what was the other DVD? The Mile High Madness. Mile High Madness. Yeah. I was like one of my first little editing things, putting those DVDs together. Right. You got to... I mean, this is back in the day when we were videotaping with VHS, little VHS cassettes. We had to capture the tape. Exactly. And he had to put it from tape to the computer on the DVD. And then oh, he, he put together a couple of DVDs. He put one, a throwback DVD for the Mile High Madness. And what's crazy about that DVD... Is I seen this not too long ago, and there are literally three performances back to back to back, and there's another performance and then another person, and all those people have passed. Yeah. It starts off with King Mississippi, mm. R.I.P. Yeah. Then it goes to DJ Fame, mm -hmm. Deuce Mob, R.I.P. And then Dez is next. Mm. Damn. And then I don't remember who the fourth one is, bro, but it's like I saw that shit when I was high as a motherfucker, and I got sad, bro. I was like, damn, like. These motherfuckers all pass. And it's Captured like, the history, man. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, everybody tells their stories and they give their list and shit like that. But, like, those people ain't really paying attention. You know what I'm right. saying? And there's no disrespect to the people that show up on the list every single time. Mm -hmm. But them is the only ones that, like, really, like, there's more to Colorado than the certain individuals that are on the list right you know what i'm saying and yeah, even absolutely. the people that are making the list man there's no credibility like y'all ain't did nothing man so yeah you know if but you keep ain't making the list no work you can't even give your opinion on that and if you've jumped into something and you haven't i don't want to say i guess necessarily been there from the beginning because i wasn't there from the beginning but i got years in you know what i mean and i started with real ones i just didn't come in and take the hottest motherfuckers you know that the westward said was hot and start fuck with them i started from the ground and kind of learned you know, who I wanted to fuck with in the game. And, you know, it was contact. It was ground zero movement. You know what I mean? Like I said this a million times, I didn't know anyone, anyone before I got into music. The only two cats I knew was Dez and my homie Greg T. And, you know, Dez was one of the top in the city, like, all time, RIP. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's I like, remember Dez and the under pressure movement, man. It was it was a damn shame what happened because I remember going to the release party. It was him was and wow. Allison. And Day Day, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And when they had it, I was she like, talked yo. She about that. She said when they performed that song, when she did that song with Dez, it shut like the whole, 
not like shut it down, but it was a moment. You know what I mean? Oh, when she walked out on stage, bro, and she started singing, like I, I never. That was like my first really trying to get on. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when she walked out, like to me, they was on. Because right. I remember going to the studio with them when they was at Kerr Macy's, mm -hmm. and I remember them being at the studio, and I just seen, I was like, yo, these niggas is really doing it they for were. real, for real. They were doing you know what I'm saying? it. So that's what you know. I kind of aspired to be, but you know, I mean, due to. I guess my assholeism or whatever you want to call it, I, you know, I just didn't really fit in. Like I fucks with them and they right. fuck with me, but I just didn't really, I, I didn't really move with their movement. I right. wasn't really a part of their movement. I respected He's it. Is a little against the grain? I wouldn't really say against the grain. I think my personality and just the way that I move kind of throws people off. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not with the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not enough. with the, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm not with the, the coolness. Truth. And if you don't like what I got to say, hey, man, there's enough space and opportunity for you to eat and me to eat. Right. And as long as you ain't taking nothing off of my plate, then you ain't got to worry about me taking nothing off of yours. But we eating over here and no, we're going to continue no to what, do so. Right? I don't care about no squad, no team no movement and stuff like that like i move and shake with whatever whatever hood you from whatever side you from as long as you get down we could get down but if you bring that bullshit my way then you're gonna find out what type of asshole lenny lynn really can be no for real for real and going back to the under pressure thing real quick is i was watching a podcast the other day and there's a connection with under pressure to death row and reggie white mm. Reggie White talks about how he how he met the dude and I don't know his name but he met the dude that started the under pressure and he was wanting to be some big baller and he was trying to go to LA and do that shit and he was Reggie Wright was his security ah. and he name drops Day Day's name he's like yeah they had a, a record label in Colorado in Denver he's like I ain't gonna say no names I'm gonna talk about the cases and all that but you can look it up they were fucking doing it and, they, and like you said they were on the verge of really blowing this shit the fuck up Oh, they, you know, I don't know the whole story, man, so I can't really speak on, you know, what was going on other than hearsay. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, the streets is always talking, but whatever, let the streets talk. But what I do know for myself is what I saw, they was really on the verge of making some stuff happen and just some rather unfortunate incidents. They had that paper. You know what I'm saying? It just it, it just went bad. And there was another record label that was out here that was kind of doing- They had the billboard. They yeah, had the, they the had billboard. a whole billboard. They had a fucking billboard, bro, so by I was my like, man, I was like, yeah, that was the first was, time I was ever it was, in the studio. It was Doe and all them. I don't mm -hmm. know their name. Upset. Upset, Upset yeah, Records, upset. they had billboards. And I remember yeah. the other way, it was Rock Pile. Was it Rock Pile? They was doing some stuff because when I was with U102, they was super tough with uh, messing with U102. And now, man, to be honest, bro, I can't even keep up with, with you know, I, I've lost touch with the local scene so much. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know who's hot anymore, right. nor do I really. Well, it's popping. I really, you know, I'm just, I'm out that loop, you know right. what I'm saying, as far as, you know, I, I have my time and it's time to, you know, let the young new generation do what they do like i just i kind of sit back i'm just like what they say gangsters get fat and move to miami uh -huh. i mean i ain't really no gangster but like when it comes yeah. to the game like this, this game like you know i didn't move to miami but i you know i sit in a rocking chair and i just kind of chill and you know i just you know i just live off of being what i do you know what i'm saying my checks don't say lenny lynn my checks right. say leonard jackson so that's who i go by you know lenny lynn was it was fun while it lasted, bro. Hell I had yeah. a good time. You know what I'm saying? Hey, well, we jumped way ahead of the game, man. Tell them who you are, where you're from, you know what I mean? All that good stuff, being that this is your first time. Man, uh, Leonard Jackson, Leonard Roy Jackson II. That's my government. Some call me Lenny Lynn, born and raised Denver, Colorado. Grew up on the east side, 80205. 
Um, Where'd you grow up in the east side? I grew up off 34th and Madison. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That would be the main intersection. So Bruce Randolph, but I really lived off of 37th and Madison. Okay. Um, went to Harrington Middle Elementary School. I went to Cole, and then that's when they started bussing, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get some color into the non-colored right. section. So I went to South. Hey, did you know the homie Butter? Butter. And he had an older, he had an older um, brother that played football too, and they lived in a big big ass like house right there on 34th and his mom started the record pool that Jones and them end up getting the radio bums okay I don't think I his really name was Shelly. knew him Shelly yeah and I can't remember his brother's name but they played football you I know might know him if I see him man but the name's not really ringing a bell so hopefully if they hear this and they like yeah they know us no disrespect to y'all but I yeah. homies but Butter, didn't he do like a, didn't he have like a restaurant or he had some family with, with the restaurants or something? Maybe with sheds something or like something? That. I'm not I'm sure. I'm not sure. I could be talking about a different Butter, man. You know, Butter's like a, you know. Because Madison is <laughs> between like, 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 Madison's between Steel and Colorado Boulevard, right? Yeah. 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 Madison is uh like four blocks away from Steel because it's Madison, Cook, Adams, Steel. Did you go to Harrington? Yeah. I went to Harrington. Harrington's was off of 37th and still. I used to walk to Harrington. Yeah, my homie Albert used to live across the street from Harrington, too. He was a baller. Albert. I might right know Right across Albert. the street. Like, all play basketball, you know what I mean? All in the rap, on the hip-hop. Tall, dark-skinned dude. Yeah. Did they call him something else? Man, this is, that was a long time ago, Was bro. he in a group? Yeah. Black had Posse? The, nah, that Not was that different. One? Okay. The homie Shelly lived a block away from where they would kick it. Okay. You yeah, know what I mean? Nah, I and grew that big-ass brown. They, was probably, they might have been older than I was, though. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, when I was a I was kid, say, I was, was going to ask you how old you are, but I didn't want to ask you. I'm 43. Oh, so y'all, I'm older than you. Yeah, I'm 43. I'm not one of them dudes that say... try to act like I'm not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> try to be cool, dyeing my hair and yeah. covering up my grays and shit. I embraced my age, man. I didn't make it to 43 I'm being no say, goddamn fool. When you were a freshman, I was a senior, so okay. yeah, we a little older than you. Where'd you go to school at? TJ. Okay. I went to TJ for one semester. My mom messed up and let me go in the middle of the semester. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was the new kid. And uh, when I went there, it was weird because it was a lot of Crips yeah, it was that all went crips. there. It was but all I was crips. like, y'all live in Park Hill. How the fuck does that happen? I didn't understand how that, that, that worked. Like, how I didn't understand how Crips lived in Park Hill. But, you know, well, the majority, is sometimes. The majority of the Crips from TJ were from the east side. Yeah. But there were a couple from Park Hill and I remember my homie Leroy was a crip mm-hmm. and he, members, yeah, you know? he lived like a block away from the Dahlia okay and what was crazy is like you said we had a bus full of crips because they all play football and we would go right by the fucking <laughs> the hilltop right there with all the bloods on it when they're dropping us off for practice mm-hmm. and TJ was in the middle of a white neighborhood too right. so they were trying to get the urban kids yeah. to oh, go yeah, to these schools that's why we were so good in football yeah cause we had all the fast holes from the hood and then we had all the big white boys from the fucking suburbs from there and like that's the mix mm-hmm. you know what I mean and that's why we won a state championship that was the first Denver on Denver state championship one of the best state titles I've ever seen it was Thomas Jefferson versus Montbello and it literally went down to the fucking last 20 seconds like we scored a touchdown to go up by two points and these fools did like a hook and lateral and took it down to the five and it's crazy because my homie and andy ledbetter he was like um i don't know if we were freshmen or sophomore but he was the only one on varsity Mm. and he saved that touchdown and he fucking like the next play they ran it and he stopped it again and we fucking stopped him like on the five yard line with time running out and won by two points the state title. That shit was lit. I believe that. Yeah, no, that TJ, they wouldn't crazy. let me back. 
I literally failed every single class. The attention was too much. Like I said, I was a new kid, and the attention was pretty uh, pretty overwhelming. So I was like, school, ah. Uh, I and I got manual. straight Fs. You went to manual? I went to manual. I, I, uh, I was at the tail end of busing. I should have went to manual. I live closer to manual. Yeah, like right. I said, I went to Cole, which was yeah. literally across the street down there. It was a. Uh, it, it was just that they. I was at the tail end of, of busing. I'm from Swansea, so. Okay. We got bussed out to Grant for middle school. Mm. Elementary school we went to Whitman. Whitman. Okay, Whitman. It. Yeah. They were called it Whitman. I don't know. Teachers was, called it Whitman. Right. It was, I went to Whitman. Whitman Elementary School. I went to Whitman and Merle. And uh, not Whitman though. Whiteman. Yeah, Whiteman. My Lar Air Force Base. Yeah, Lar Air Force Base. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, see, and that's what they called it, Whiteman. I, and I, later on, it was named after Walt Whitman. Mm. And I was like, damn, why did they call it Whitman? You Anyways, know. You right, know why. I, knew, I know why now. But, uh, you know, it, it was it was crazy getting off of that and then going to Manual right after that. Because we were from Swansea. We really didn't. We stayed in Swansea. Swansea has its own little neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, and then like that was the time I thought I hooped and shit, you know, I thought I was <laughs> a dope ass hooper. Yeah. I always tell, and then high school hit and I went to manual and I realized real quick that I don't hoop. You was good on the Swansea like, circuit. Oh, yeah, no, great. I was great on the Swansea circuit. It was all of us little short Mexicans playing against each other. That's too funny. I just happened to be the best one at, over there. But then I went to manual and realized real quick. Mm-hmm. It was a whole different, literally a whole different ballgame. That's wild. I know what was crazy about where we grew up, man. Like, if you lived across on Steel, you went to South. Yep. If you went where we lived, you went to TJ. Yeah, if man, you lived yeah. before York, you went to Kennedy. Kennedy, yeah. You know what I mean? So it was literally like three different schools within, like you said. That's why, I mean, that's how you get Crips and Park Hill. Like, we're in the, all in the hood, but we're all going to different schools. Yo, it was crazy, though. Uh, we did take, like, we were all writing graffiti and doing just, like, hood shit from where we were from and then all these other kids are skateboarding and over there you know and like we learned how to skateboard from them they learned how to write graffiti from us like they were doing it was a really cool little little crossover that happened and like i think that's what made denver so dope and like the the subcultures you know the the skateboarding the bike riding the all that shit and the graffiti and the break dancers everybody mixed everybody chilled together everybody knew each other denver was small back a lot smaller back then Right, and uh, it was a, it was a cool little vibe, and you, right. everybody knew each other, even tired of each other because they see each other at every fucking show, everything, all the time. But it was dope, you know. It was a really cool little little thing we had. But uh, I, I remember seeing that crossover happen between those cultures. Like we didn't know no skateboarding, we couldn't even afford no fucking skateboards. Yeah, skateboarding was for the white kids. That was for the white we kids. We just rode bikes. That was it. It was for the white kids. And then when they're like, "Hey, check this out," and I'm like, "What?" Uh, you know. It was it was cool experiencing that, and I, I went downtown. I was from Swan- I was trying to get out of Swansea. Oh yeah, I was on the bus everywhere, bro. I was like, I'm going downtown. We're I, following the train, you know? and that was it. <laughs> we went downtown, kicked it at Skyline Park. Mm. I was trying to get away, but it was dope. Found like hip hop and like skateboarding and shit like that. It was. I feel like it was because a lot of it had to do with busing. You know, so yeah, they were definitely get, trying to get the money for having a culturally diverse school. Exactly, and, yeah. and I understand that 100. percent But at the same time. There were some cool things that came out of it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Culture. But damn, that was fucked up. Like, you know, we could have, like, built our own communities up, built each other up. I mean, it was gangbanging up. That's it was true. definitely gangbanging. Because right. we didn't go to Cole. You know, we, I'm right there by Cole. You know, I'm not too far. It's right down the way. It's mm-hmm. closest middle school to me. Bruce Randolph didn't exist yet. Right. And so, obviously, I'd go to Cole, but we went to Grant and Merrill. Mm. Bust. Hey, what were some of your um, first um, um, introductions to hip-hop? 
some of your and some of your early influences? Mine? What kind of made you get into that shit? Um, I would say like early on, um, we had got an NWA tape. And we was listening to it. Me and my brother was listening to it. And my grandma heard it and was like, what is this shit? <laughs> and she threw it outside. And then, uh, like, uh, one of the big homies had a, had a DJ Quick album. And uh, he was bumping DJ Quick. And I was just like, man, I ain't never heard no shit like this right. in my life. And then um, The Chronic. I remember when The Chronic first dropped. I think I was in the eighth grade. Damn, it was like bro. right after Christmas break, the chronic <laughs> dropped. And uh, I remember listening to it, and I was like, shit, man. I was like, yo, he sampled all the parliament and mm -hmm. all the, all you know what I'm saying? Like, because my pop used to listen to you that shit. So, so you, I was you like, I was like, these it. are old songs. But that's when I kind of found out, like, what sampling was and stuff like that. Um, so I kind of dabbled into it. But it wasn't really until, um, until Outkast came out. When I first heard uh, Players Ball, and uh, I remember going to uh, to K Fashion off of Colfax, and they uh, they would sell they sold singles, cassette singles, right. and they had that Outcast uh, Players Ball single when it came in like the little cardboard yep. wrap, and I got that shit, man. And me and Jay used to listen to that shit every single day, like we knew the words like backward and forward. And then when the album came out. And we started listening to that and listening to Goody Mob um, and the whole organized noise. Like, that's when it was like, yo, like, we might be able to do this shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, they doing it. And, and Jay used to, uh, he used to take, like, this old tape recorder and the battery case had fell out. So we had to use duct tape to hold, duct the, tape. hold the batteries in. And he used to just walk and hold the tape recorder and he would tell niggas to rap like just freestyle but he was like make sure you stay on beat and he would take that tape and my dad bought us this little karaoke machine where you could dub the tapes and we would take the vocal tape and take another cassette and record the vocals and and jay would actually play the keyboards over it over over and over again no loops no sequencers no none of that shit. you know what i'm saying and we started just making little tapes and stuff like that. You know, thought it was cool, um, but it was it wasn't until we went to a party when I was in high school. Cause I remember we used to tell niggas we could rap all the time, and um, we was at a party. Kid Capri was DJing, and one of my homeboy he had opened the mic, and my homeboy was like, "Yo, I'm gonna get on the mic," and I was like, "Nah, nah, nah." And uh, the first dude that got up there and started rapping, and I was like, "This nigga's trash." Right. So I just looked at my partner and was Go like, hey, it. man, I said, man, pass me the mic. And the dude looked and was like, nah, if you're going to rap, you got to get up on stage. And I was like, well, shit, fuck it then. Let me go. Because I was telling, you know, my girl at the time, I was like, yo, I could rap. So this was my chance to kind of show out. Right. And I remember rapping. And uh, I, when I was done, I just dropped the mic. Because I was like, I was on some cocky yeah. shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Dropped the mic and the crowd was just like, oh, shit. And I remember Kid Capri was like, man, you pretty nice. And that was it. I was just trying to impress the chick. Right. But then after that, I just kept going and uh, didn't think nothing of it until I went to school. When I finally went to school and went to CU, and I took this music class, and it was all these white boys in class, and we had a songwriting class. And he was like, yo, you should come to the crib, and we could record a song at the house. And I was like, I bet. And um, went to his crib, and he had this little equipment. He had an MPC. He had an SP-1200 and this little four-track recorder. 
and we recorded the song and I was like, yo, where the fuck you get this shit from? And he was like, oh, there's this store called Pro Sound, man, you should go. I remember the next day I caught the bus up there and was looking at the stuff and oh, I was like, shit. oh, this shit's yeah. that shit inspired the fuck out of affordable. You. Yeah. So I remember, man, I told my brother, I was like, dude, I'm taking all my bread and I'm gonna go buy this four track, a microphone, and some headphones and the shit came to $476. I'll never forget it. I bought all that shit and you couldn't tell. That was the first studio. Right. We was on and we was just recording shit. What year was this? This had to be 98, like 98, because I had just graduated high school. And, you know, I was doing my thing, you know, as far as, you know, ways to get money and stuff like that, because you know, I always knew how to make paper, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, you know, I did that, but like my parents kept us in the house, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, I didn't really step off the front porch, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was in the house messing with video games and messing with this music equipment and trying right. to figure out how to do this type of stuff. And, uh, you know, I was like, well, let me try to find out. And that's when I started working in the radio because I thought going into the radio would have made me a famous rapper. That's the, that seems to be the blueprint. And um, I got into the radio. How did that happen, though? Like, did you just apply or were you taking classes or nah, talk about that? How it happened was um, I was in school. And at the time, they had this little bulletin, you know what I'm saying, where you could get, like, internships and shit like that. Okay. So I needed an internship. And there was this station, U102. And uh, I remember listening to them, and I was like, yeah, they kind of cool, you know what I'm saying? Like, they was playing some shit that I liked that, you know, I thought that they could compete with KS. Because right. I always wanted to fucking, I hated KS. I always wanted to go at their head, you know what I'm saying? Especially so, when they try to pay you in concert tickets. Right, you know what I'm saying? Or, or not pay you at all. <laughs> right. Um, but I ended up going to the to the place, and I remember uh, applying and talked to the dude, had my resume and everything, and he was like, yo, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 21. He was like, good, because I need somebody that could get into the clubs and don't nobody else, can't nobody else get into the club, so you're hired. But I wasn't making no money. I was really getting paid in right. fucking concert tickets, T-shirts, and fucking Del Taco swag. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Um, but I got to go to the clubs, and I got to have access to these DJs and shit like that. So it was like, that was the beginning. That's where Lenny Lynn kind of was born. You know How'd you saying? get the name? Um... It's really on some gangbanging shit, though. Are you a gangbanger? No, I'm not. I was gonna say, I've Definitely never known you to be nah, a gangbanger. I'm, um, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I know people <laughs> that were. And you're like the wrestler. You're affiliated. So yeah. you, sometimes you get a nickname, right? And one of my release was like, yo, um, I went to this the studio where they was at, and um, I had on a, uh, a Terrell Davis jersey, a blue one with 30. And I walked in, and... Uh, the people that was there wasn't wasn't having it. It wasn't no. about them thirties. They wasn't about them thirties. We'll say and, okay. Uh, so it wasn't so the, the blue. one dude was like, hey, he was like, nah. And then the 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 the, the big rally was like, yo, he was like, hey, um, he was like, nah, man, he a square man. He don't bang or nothing. He a square. He a nerd. He was like, man, what's your name? And he was, I was like, my name's Leonard. He was like. Nah, fuck that. We gonna call you Lenny Lynn from now on. And just so happened they threw a beat on it and we started rapping. Mm -hmm. And I had said it in a rhyme and I spelled it out and that's where the L-E-N-Y-L-E-N comes from. And I said that and them niggas was like, oh shit, man, we need to fuck with them. Uh huh. 
and uh, that's pretty much how it got. And then even when I got into the radio, he was like, what's your name? And I was like, Leonard. He was like, nah, man, you need a name to go by. <laughs> Leonard ain't cutting so it. So I was nah. just like, fuck it. They call me Lenny Lynn. And that's pretty much how it started. But um, I definitely got my name from a gangster. You know what I'm saying? It's, he's locked up right now. You know what I'm saying? He probably ain't never going to get out. I ain't going to say his name or nothing like that. But they know what's, they know what's up. Where were you? Was it Park Hill? Was it the east side? Oh, no, this was, I was in Aurora. I was in Aurora at the time. Yeah, I was living in Aurora. So your skills are like kind of paying off and it was starting to get you places, right? Hmm? Where did it kind of get you? Got you to the radio? How was that? Uh, radio kinda... was uh, like, man, it was crazy because like I, you know, when I did the U102 thing, um, that was cool. Wasn't no money, but like the, the fame, like they knew who we was. Um, then I got laid off. Then I got laid off. And if you work in radio, you're going to get laid off. So I thought it was gonna over. I thought it was over. So I had to go back to a regular fucking job, which was lame. And uh, after that, I had ended up getting a call from the radio station. And they was like, yo, we can't really pay you much, but it'll get your foot in the door. And I was like, all right, we'll bet. Well, who is it? And it was Lewis and Floorwax. And... Lewis and Floorwax is definitely not my format, yeah. um, but Lewis and Floorwax, hands down, is probably the biggest morning show to ever touch Colorado. Like, you right. could talk about Larry Kendall and Kathy. You could talk about, like, the the Jamie and I forget the other dude's name, fuck, whatever. But yeah. you could talk about them. But Lewis and Floorwax was, like, the shit. Right. It's like so, Kim back in the day. So I remember when I met him, I came in, I had a suit on and everything like that, and they walked in, and I remember Wax was like, what the fuck, we getting sued? What you wearing a suit for? Who is this guy? <laughs> I was like, y'all getting sued. So, um, you know, I was working with them for a while, and I remember they had asked me what I did, and I was telling them I, I, I was rapping, and they was like, well, you got some stuff out? And I was like, man, I'm trying to put some stuff out, but man, it's hard, you know what I'm saying? And they was like, well, what do you need? Because this was when uh, I did that commercially underground album. Okay. And I was like, yo, I need, like, I wanted to press up a thousand CDs. And he was like, how much is that? And I was like, shit, probably like 1200 And they was like, all right, bet. Commercial break. They go take a break. They come back. Each of them handed me a check for 650 bucks. Damn. And was like, make sure you do something with this. And I was like, fuck. Like, I ain't never had nobody do that shit. So I was like, all right, bet. So did that. I went to press up the CDs, but the very next day they called me into the office for the radio station and I was double dipping. So I was working, but I was doing a side gig at the radio station, um, getting paid by the hour. Right. So HR had ended up finding out that I was putting in all these extra hours and not getting paid for it. And they was like, ooh, we don't really want to get in trouble, so we're going to try to make this right. So literally, they had to back pay me for a year worth of overtime. Oh, shit. And that check ended up being about 12000 after taxes. Fucking A, brother. So you I put that, that in the check. music, right? I took that check. I went back to Lewis and Floorwax, and I handed them their checks back. I didn't even cash them yet. I handed them the checks back and was like, I appreciate this, y'all, but I don't need the money now. I'm good. And they kind of looked at me and they respected it because they knew what time it was. So put the CD out, started getting shows and stuff like that and ended up getting at one time I had six different shows in Colorado. I had six different shows and some of them was hip hop. Some of them wasn't like I was on KBPI, which was a rock station, but I got a chance to do a show called um, Sunday Night Fusion, where the program director, Willie B at the time, let me play hip hop and rock. 
That was unheard of. I didn't have right. a play. I never had a playlist. That's um, dope, bro. And it was like we played what we wanted. And then we did the Mega show. Uh, me and Psycho uh, did that show on Mega. Um, I helped start 96 won the beat in the springs. Um, had a show called Sunderground that I did from the crib. Um, so that was cool. And then I ended up getting laid off again. And I was out of radio for like 10, like 10 years. And uh, opportunity came up for KS1075 when uh, producer Wiggins left. So they was looking for a producer and I always wanted to work for KS. So I was like, all right, bet, I'm gonna do this. So I applied for the job and I knew I had, I was like, I'm way more qualified, like y'all need me here. Right. And I really went in with that attitude and um, I didn't realize the dynamics that was going on because that's when they was really trying to break up the show. They was trying to split them up. They was trying to get rid of Kendall. They had this new fuck boy of a PD um, that didn't really know what he was doing and shit like that. And it was just a whole bunch of, of bullshit. bullshit that was going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, they ended up letting Kendall go. And me and Kendall was super cool. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, working with Kathy and Larry for a minute, they was cool too, no disrespect to them, but they ended up getting the bad end of the stick too. And they tried to string me along. And I thought for sure, like, yo, this is my end, you know, to go to, to, to get my own morning show and be a producer. And this is when they was, um, you know, they was doing some weird shit, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I ain't really gonna get into it cause there's still some bad feelings and stuff like that. But um, I ended up not getting the show or whatever, you know what I'm saying, because of some fuck shit that happened, and uh, I was some, pissed. Right, did they, like, fucking, like, kind of some backstabbing shit? Yeah, or? there was definitely some backstabbing stuff. Long story short, you know what I'm saying, like, the program director at the time always used to preach preach greatness, preach greatness, Right. you know what I'm saying, and I was like, okay, cool. So they kept promising me that this was my shot, that, like, this was their words, like, yo, once it's, you know, you're going to be good. And I remember having a conversation with somebody um, that used to be on the station that's no longer on the station that was kind of a big deal. And uh, I let him know exactly what was going on. And this fool looked me in my face. We actually had lunch at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. And he was like, yo, you're going to be good, man. You're going to be good, blah, blah, blah. So the very next day I go in, and these fools announced a new morning show. You know what I'm saying? With Chones, with Sadie's, and with Tony V. And I was just like, damn, like, okay, well, they're still going to need a producer. I didn't want to be the talent. I just wanted to be the producer. So I remember telling the program director, um, well, I thought you said you wanted good or great, not good, because he said it was a pretty good morning show. Right. And I was like, well, I thought you was looking for great. Well, this dude ended up going back and telling Tony Jones and Sadie's that I badmouthed them, which wasn't the case. Like, why would I badmouth something I wanted to be a part of? Right. So I noticed that I started getting a cold shoulder from all three of them. And uh, nobody ever really said anything except Sadie's. Sadie's had called me to the side and let me know what was going on, which was surprising because I was actually more cool with the other two, and they never said nothing. So long story short, I ended up getting on Facebook and I made a post and I was like, man, I hope everybody from fucking KS1075 gets fired. And I meant every single word of that. Right. Well, they got mad at that. I'm sure your DMs blew up. Uh, yeah, and they were mad and I guess they had a meeting and stuff like that. But, you know, long story short, uh, you know, hindsight 2020, what I said was true. Right. And I'm not saying everybody got fired, but, you know, to, are they even relevant anymore? 
is even radio relevant. Shit, podcasting, where is that? Shit. Yeah. I ain't listen to radio or fucking. I still listen to it because I think what the drop is doing is dope as fuck. Uh, I think so. And I just coming from radio, I just yeah. like what they're doing. They need to do more of it. I don't like I mean, for real. No, I'm just saying. Like I'm keeping drop. it real. Like they do good and they're doing what they do, but they need to do more of it, bro. I mean, but even there's, still, like there's music that bangs that should be on the fucking radio every hour, or at least dedicate a fucking Sunday. You know what I mean? One song an hour is cool. I mean, everybody says what radio should do, and I get it mm -hmm. because I was that person too, but I've also been on the other side um, of the game, and it's like those 10, 15 songs that you know you hear all the time, those are the songs that people are requesting. And I know everybody sits there and be like, oh, well, radio's different in other states. No, it's not. Commercial radio is not different. Now, yeah. they have their specialty shows, you know what I'm saying, that that's different which we really didn't have specialty shows. Um, and sometimes, depending on what format it is, because there's urban, there's rhythmic, top rhythmic, 40, and stuff like that, Denver does not have an urban station. You know what I'm saying? KS is what would be considered, I guess, top 40 hits or whatever. So they're not even considered an urban station. So the shit that we like, mm -hmm. they're not even going to play. Right. And not only that, with, with the game the way it is now, no one listens to the radio for the new music. By the time they're talking about new music, we done heard that shit like three, four weeks ago, maybe months ago. Mm -hmm. So I don't think radio's really doing it. I think podcasts are kind of popping off now, you know what I'm saying? But even me personally, I have a feeling about podcasts just because I come from radio and it's like, yo, everybody does a podcast now. All you got to do is grab a microphone, a little setup, and you too can have a podcast. Right. Um, so it's definitely oversaturated. Um, and the people that are doing it, that are making the money, it's no different than radio. There's certain people that was making money and there's certain people that wasn't. I just happened to be one of the people that was kind of in between. I saw making money, I saw making no money, but I also saw people that was making money. Like I've been to some of these people's cribs and I'm like, y'all are rich, rich, but it wasn't just radio. You gotta figure out how to make- You gotta have a couple your things side hustles for sure. <laughs> so that was radio. And then that transitioned into TV. Hey, what happened though after the Facebook after after that post? Where did you part ways with them? Oh, I had parted ways with them prior to that. Prior like, to I that, was already, like literally, um, I just got tired of it one day because they kept bullshitting me and they they had me doing like this board op and shit, which is like basic entry level shit, and they wanted me to do like all of the stations at night, and they offered me the overnights. Um. And the dude that was doing overnights at the time, I was like, well, what's gonna happen to him? And they was like, yeah. And I was like, damn, so if I take this overnight job, then him and like two other people that ran the boards would lose their job too. Right. So that's three people losing their job. And I was like, all right, I said, I'll do it under one condition. I said, just give me full creative control. And they was like, nah, we can't really do that. And I was like, why not? Because they don't even check ratings on the overnight shift, you know what I'm saying? So ratings isn't a factor. There is an audience that listens to overnight radio, the graveyard shifters and stuff like that. I know how to produce a show. I could do my own imaging. Y'all don't have to pay for nothing. Right. I'm just asking for full creative control. And they couldn't even give me that, so they had me board hopping for $10 an hour. What the fuck am I going to do with $10 an hour, dude? I'm driving. When I had to drive to the station, I used to pass the good times every day. 
and they would have a sign outside that said, now hiring $17 an hour. I could make more money working at good times than I can working for the fucking radio. Right. But then y'all look all cool when y'all get to go to these shows taking these fucking selfies with all these stars that don't give two fucks about you. And it was like, it was different when I was a kid in radio and then when I was a grown man in radio. And radio, man, psh, I mean, to each his own, man, they're certain, but they stay in it so long. It's like even when I retired and stepped out the game for 10 years, I came back in and the same motherfuckers was doing the same fucking thing. And I'm like, man, where's the fucking growth? Like, you still trying to run your mouth on it? Hey, guys, it's Lenny Lynn on Kid. Man, dude, you sound goofy. So I just couldn't really do it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, do you? No, I get it. So that's that asshole, I guess. But, you know. No, real talk, though, is like, why do you want to keep doing, like, the same shit? You got to elevate some kind of way and make it interesting and bring new crowds in and all that shit. I mean, I thought I was on when I I was like, yo, when I get in KS, and I told the pro- pro- uh, program director, he was like, man, what's your goal in five years? And I was like, to be in your seat. And he looked at me, and I was like, what, you want to stay there for five years? Don't you have bigger aspirations? <laughs> but no, nah, they just cool being right. the program director and getting – you know, cool tickets and, you know, walking around with their little lanyards on. Right. Like, you see them at the shows now. You could always tell the radio dude when you see them. It's almost like, yeah. I mean, they, you know, whatever. Dude, I totally respect that shit that you just said right now, telling the, you know, telling him I want to be in your position. And when he looks at you crazy, you're like, what, you still want to be here? You don't want to advance either? That's wild, bro. Nah, and then you're sitting there telling, like, most of the time the people that, that run these so-called urban hip-hop stations... Yo, they don't even listen to the music that they promote. They just look at some list and right. be like, oh, well, they say it's hot. So you don't even know what the record is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you don't. At least the people over at the drop kind of understand what what it is, but they're still trying to run it like a radio. Right. <laughs> but if, if you really was like, yo, in Colorado, what's the best thing for radio? Yo, it is the drop, man. That's real yeah, I'll talk. Give that. That's it. I'll give them that. I'll listen to the Absolutely. drop before I listen to anything else. And me and the people at the drop don't even necessarily see eye to eye. But I still give credit where credit's due. Right. So I'll give them all props. Plus, they done played a couple Same. of our songs on the radio, so I fucks with Same them a little man. bit. You know I think they're dope. I yeah. fuck with them, too. Hell yeah. You said you're out of the loop with the with the, the stuff that goes around in Colorado. Are you out of the loop with, like, the new music, the, you know, the little babies, the little fucking... Who no, else there I, is? you know, I, I keep my ear to... You know, to to music. Like, I definitely keep up with music. It's just nothing in Colorado comes across my desk, so to speak. I'm going to have to send you some shit. Yes. I mean, I listen to pretty much anything. And, if you know, there's certain people that, you know, somebody will tell me about or I'll hear a name on, you know, Facebook or, you know, on social media and stuff like that. So, you know, I kind of listen to it to see what's going on. But I just haven't really heard anything that's really moving. You know what I'm saying? It's like... You know, if I want to hear Lil Baby, I'll hear Lil, I'll listen to Lil Baby. You know what I'm saying? If I want to hear some stuff from the Bay, I'll listen to some stuff from the Bay. I don't want to hear a Colorado artist that sounds like something I could already hear. Like, right. give me something that I haven't heard before. Well, that's always been the issue. Is that, I would say not now, but before they're always trying to imitate somebody. But what they don't understand is those people have been perfecting that for 10, 15 years. So they got it to the T. Whether, you know, it's Soldier Boy or any of those cats where you're trying to do Soldier Boy and you sound shitty because you're not on point. You know what I mean? That's always been how it was. But now I think it's on a different level. I mean, who's hot right now? Like, give me some people I, I should say, listen they to. They call him AP. Yeah. Okay. Ghost. I, I like AP. I definitely like mm-hmm. AP. I, I like what him and I like the whole Squizzy movement. Yeah. 
But when I talk about those lists, they seem to be the same names. And I'm like, that's the only people from Colorado we got? I fucks with AP. I like right. AP stuff a lot. I like Trev Rich. Right. You know what I'm saying? I like... Miracles, though, too. I like, I've always liked Miracle. Yeah, he's, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Part of, he knows I about, think, yeah, he's you know what I'm saying? I think, I, think, yeah. I think Miracle probably is one of the most versatile. And I think he's starting to get some shine now. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about because look how long he's been putting in the work crafting his style. I mean, I remember you know chilling saying? at Miracle's apartment, you know what I'm saying, where he just had his laptop sit up on the kitchen stand making beats and stuff like that. So, you know what I'm saying? And plus, you know, he fucks with eight and all yeah, that. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, I, I'm familiar and I, I see what's going on. And, and But I think it's also a lot easier. Um, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to sound like the old head, like back in my day. Right. But now it's like, yo, it, it, the, the access and the distribution methods are so easy. Like, you know, I remember actually having to go to the record stores and try to get shit on consignment and shake hands right. with the people and do shows. I was and, the ass. You know what I'm saying? Hanging your stuff up in the stores. Now all you got to do is just upload it. So it makes it a lot easier. Um, but it also makes it more diluted, so it's like anybody could be a rapper. Just like you said, what like you yeah. the reward is a lot less now, yeah. unless you are doing big numbers, which is easier to do. But it is. I mean, you harder. could buy bots and you could buy numbers yeah. and stuff like that. So you spend a little bit of money to make money and stuff like that. So you know, yeah, I just ways around it all, I just like making music, man. I don't really care about being a famous rapper. Um, I like the creative control, you know what I'm saying? And doing music to me is like the only real way that I could truly be free. It's like pure freedom to me. I could say what I want. I could make whatever kind of beats I want. I could mix it. I could master it. I could put it out. And, you know, I mean, I don't make music that people's going to dance to. You're not going to sit there and get jiggy to the club to my shit and stuff like that. But if you actually sit and listen to it for a minute, you might you might pick up on some game, you know what I'm saying? Or even if you know me and you're wondering, hey, what's been going on with Lynn, listen to the music, you'll know exactly It'll what tell it you. is. You know what I'm saying? Right. Hey, who are some of the old heads that you liked working with back in the day? You know, not back in the day. I say back in the day, like 10 years ago when we were kind of doing shit. Who are some of the heads you like working with? Um, I mean, some of my most memorable times. Um, what really... I would say what really, really got it started, started, because it was like I was doing stuff for us. But when uh, when Said and Foe, or YG and Foe, had that idea for um, dispensary music, and I remember, um, I, you know, this was when dispensaries first opened right. up, like, you know what I'm saying? And they was talking about the idea. And I was like, all right, well, what do y'all want me to do? And they was like, man, just... Man, can you mix it and just make it sound good? And maybe, you know, you got a camera, maybe do some recording of some shows and stuff like that. And I was like, shit, you know, whatever. So we had did that and they started getting recognition and and stuff on like the West Word and you know what I'm saying? Even with the beef with uh with quote and the mind, you know what I'm saying? Like nah, talk about that. I don't remember. It wasn't that. it wasn't really well, they came out with a dispensary music as well. So oh, okay, it wasn't okay. really yeah, no beef beef or that. nothing like that. But it was but some it was, copycat you know, shit. Yeah. Um and then after that, uh Midas had hit me and was like, Hey, uh I want you I'm working on the Son of the Crack Air album. He was like, man, I want you to make my shit sound like you did for the dispensary music. And I was like, bet. So I started working with Midas on his project. And uh, 
Like that shit ended up getting the album of the year in the Westward and shit like that. So then people started calling, right, and was like, "Yo, can you master my stuff? Can you can you master it?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I just started taxing, you know what I'm saying, two hundred and fifty a pop, and I was doing about four a week. Damn, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, you know, the the people that like, you know, you're dealing with rappers, so you're dealing with different types of individuals from mm-hmm. different hoods and different sides and you know different you know this person don't like this person and stuff like that no, tell me about it <laughs> you know sometimes you meet up with these people and get your payment and it's like a drug deal like you you know you give them they cd or they flash drive and they hand you the you know the money and it's not like this was before cash app days and shit like right. that so they might hand you a a roll of 20s or you know what i'm saying you might have one fives and tens you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying you know it is what it is but my shit was always legit you know what i'm saying i never really dabbled you know into that type of stuff even though i'm sure the majority of my income from that came from that right and if you didn't get that rewind that yeah, yeah. yeah you know what i'm saying i ain't got to spell it out for get, you then but you don't need to get it you, don't get you know what i'm saying if you ain't got it you ain't got it but um yeah, that that's really what what got it. So, um, Fold like Midas, um, I worked with Q Burst, which was like my favorite rapper. Right. You know what I'm saying? And we had worked on a, a couple projects together, and you know, rappers turn into rappers. Right. Now, I really, I kind of want to ask this question, but I don't want to ask this question because you're kind of older. But like when you say Q Burst, there are cats that are like kind of there's elite. Or there's really you know a plus rappers from the state throughout the years but then there's those ones like cubers that were kind of on a different level des was on a different level um who was the the female rapper that just passed miss um miss solo miss solo I was on that level miss you know solo I mean? was on our first like miss solo i fuck with solo you know what i'm saying from day one she was cool with my cousins and i remember my cousin came over and was like yo i got this girl that could rap and we was working on this album, Contender Compilation. It was the very first album we put out. And she had came, and we was doing this song called Cold World. And uh, played the beat and stuff like that. And I did my verse, and my brother did her ver- his verse. And she was like, yo, I think I got something. I was like, all right, female, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and she started busting. Busting, huh? And I was like... <laughs> I just looked at my brother and we just started grinning and I was like, yo, she is fucking ill as fuck. And uh, we worked together a lot. Um, we was she's She was pretty much on every project that we ever did. For real? Yeah, she was on every single project. I and I did, uh, I did a couple videos for her. Um, I did a video with her and Marvelous. Um, and then I did another one of her videos called Damn. Um, this was before she moved to... Uh, to to Cali and was fucking with was it EA Ski I think it was yeah yeah this was before that but yeah I always had you know respect for for Solo you know what I'm saying she was even I did a documentary on uh called Between the Lines about MCs and one of the segments was about female MCs and I used her I used uh, Bianca McCon mm-hmm. and I used uh, Quay you know what I'm saying Ku Quay. You know what I'm saying? Because I know her pops. Like, you know what I'm saying? Pops went to TJ, too. Oh, okay. He played football at TJ. What was his name? Trey Waddles. 
Probably younger. Mm, he's older than me. He might be about your age, man. He, he was a running back for TJ. I'm still a little older than he, you. He would have, no, he's older than me, though. No, nah, no, but I'm still. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, he, yeah, I think he's closer to your age. But, yeah, um, them okay. was the three females that I worked with. But, yeah, Solo was dope. She's probably, I would say, hands down, she's probably the dopest female rapper out here. I'd put her up against anybody. Who else would you say is kind of elite like that? I'd say Q-Burst for sure was elite. Like, he was probably one of the dopest ones. Um, Did you ever fuck with him or did you ever record with him? Who? Q-Burst? Yeah, Q-Burst was at my house. Like, every day we did a whole album called uh, Hoodies and Sneakers, the Adidas Project. Talk about that. Um, You got mad history, bro. Like, you're you're talking about shit that I don't even know. And like I said, these are people who, and this is no disrespect toward anyone else, these are people that really are, were at the top, 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 like, ready to burst through oh yeah q burst was uh he was up there like he was the first person i seen with a with a cd that was actually in the store he him and uh um fuck i forget the other crew's name it was i just know it was ace and mad paradox that's paradox. what it was paradox yeah, ace and mad i just know ace and mad but paradox it was the first ones they had a cd in media media play was uh-huh. it media play off of, off of 16th yeah. street okay and i was like yo these dudes is you know because i that's how i met uh q burst was from tj and i remember i was listening to dj quick safe and sound album mm-hmm. and he was like what you listening to and i told him and he put the headphones on and he started rapping to himself and this was before this was before lenny lynn but i always remembered him and we had ended up coming back into con- uh, contact again. Um, and I was like, we, I mean, he would just come over to the crib and we was just making music and, you know, stuff like that. And uh, we had did this album called The Adidas Project, Hoodie and, Hoodies and Sneakers. It was all recorded in my basement off of MPC and a Roland VS 1640, 1680. Right. You know what I'm saying? We put that out and uh, I did his video to the puzzle. Um, we did a video together that's when i was doing the video thing and um you do a little bit of everything man you're doing videos mastering rapping making beats radio like that's pretty much the goal eventually is to own my own production agency i didn't want to just because i was never limited like i was the nerdy kid like in school like i was an arts kid so i had to take dance classes you know what I'm saying? So I took jazz dance. I took ballet. Like, I actually had to do a ballet recital. I would walk through the hood up and down 34th carrying a fucking cello. That's not gangster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and this was in the mid-90s where, you know what I'm saying, like, you might have had to step over a syringe or a crack vial or, you know what I'm saying, somebody would might, you know what I'm saying? Like, this was, you better not wear the wrong color on the wrong side of the boulevard. Like, you was getting smoked for starter jackets and shit, and here I am walking down the street light-skinned nigga with a cello. Most people don't even know what that is. Right. So I, you know, I stayed in the house, but um, other like the first like Black Hole Posse was the first one I ever seen with a tape, and these was like gangsters that was living in the neighborhood and right. they had a tape, and then my homeboy Carl Banks, rest in peace, he was the first one that I ever seen like actually have a tape and they was putting it in spins and sunshine and was it Russell's on the east side? I think it was Russell's records and tapes on the E. He actually had a tape, like a cassette with their pictures and stuff that was shot in the hood. And that right there was just like, yo, those was my early um, influences. But then I was like, yo, I could definitely do this better. So as far as being a rapper, even doing the videos. But then I started doing it and I was like, nah, nah, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Because the money wasn't really there. And it was like I felt bad charging people to do like editing 
and stuff like that. But then it was like, yo, I'm getting this. Like right. I'm already getting this rate, so I don't feel bad about telling you what my day rate is because I'm already getting this now. And if I do your job, then I'm giving up this money. So in order for me to do this, like I get the homie hookup, but it's like, yo, I could either do your project for, you know, most people, you tell somebody over $250 for a video, they gonna look at you and be like, huh? And they want you to use your equipment, you do the editing, you do the locations, you do this, this, and this, everything, where I could just go to work and I could show up and sit at my desk using everything and I could make four or 500 a day. Unfortunately, man, do the simple math. And if you wanna really talk street number shit, like let's talk street numbers. You're going to give up this amount of work for this amount of work? You probably ain't going to do that. So let me just talk in the layman's terms that you might understand, lame man. Bang. I guess that's me being an asshole again, but we're going to just go ahead and do it. Hey, hey I mean, you're keeping it you real. You know what I mean? That's what it is, though. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to work, go to work and make $500 you know, for the day instead of the 250 and I'm probably All gonna day. be working for. It's gonna be more Weeks. than a day because you're gonna want to you do this, and then you're gonna want to go smoke, and then you want all your homie right. And I ain't doing that shit. You know how much this equipment cost? Mm -hmm. My camera's more than your day, but what you're paying me, like I'm nah, dude. And I, you know, I used to tell people, you know, the up and comers that were trying to do videos at the time, like yo, these local hip hop videos ain't the shit, bro. Right. It's really not. Like you could, you take your skills and you can make money, like real, real money. And that turned into me shitting on the scene and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, okay. I'm just telling you, like, I mean, you know, you want to spend. I know what camera you got. I know how much you spent for that type of shit. And I know the amount of work you're doing. You want to do, you think that's cool? Nah, it's no different than working in the radio, getting paid concert tickets and fucking selfies. Right. You think that's cool. You think it's cool to hang out with these rappers so they could give you a plug on Facebook and say X amount of person did the videos. X amount of person did the videos. Some of these same people, they couldn't walk into a business and really get a job. Right. But it's like them kind of putting in work, though, too, paying dues. You know what I mean? Kind of, you know, checking yeah, out different how long are you going to pay dues, man? Eventually, them dues is going to pay off, just like I told the program director. Right. In five years, I want to be in your seat. You want to, you still want to be doing local hip-hop videos five years from now for $250? No, not at all. Some of them do. Yeah, they're down. They're, they're down. And that's okay, man. And they look like they're $250. They definitely look like I remember when I first started, when I first got my real TV job. You know what I'm saying? I remember when I walked in, I had my resume, I had my reel, I had all this stuff that I did. And I remember the dude looking at me and was like, yeah, that's cool, but what have you done for real? And to me, I took offense to that because to me, that was real. That was real. That was as real as real got. This is what I've done. Mm -hmm. But then it's like you start working, but then you also understand that once you step and you cross over to that professional level or whatever you want to call it. It's a whole different game. They still do the same bullshit. They still try to cut corners. They still be trying to rush deadlines. They still miss deadlines. They still don't really know what they're doing. They fake it till they make it. But then what happens when you make it? You've been faking it for so long, you don't even know how to act, bruh. You know what I'm saying? So doing local videos and doing professional stuff, there really isn't no difference. The only difference is, for one, the egos are a lot bigger. You know what I'm saying? But... I could respect somebody with a, a million dollar ego that's provided million dollars worth of shit than a million dollar ego. And bro, you're not even doing this for real. You gotta check out from your real job before you play video guy or before you play rapper. 
Like, dude, go ahead and take your calls at the call center. No disrespect to anybody that got a job, but bro, you're not a rapper. If you're a rapper, you rap. You can't wait until, oh man, I gotta go to work. I gotta check out, you know what I'm saying? I gotta, when I clock out and get off of work, then I'll go ahead and do rapper if my baby mama will take me to pr- uh, the studio or something like that. But those are the type Careful. of people that I was dealing Careful. with. You know what I'm saying? But you know, you yeah. dealt with them too. Wasn't that bad? No, it was. I, you know, I, I get what you're saying for sure, 100. percent But there is some good production here. There's some good stuff. But you know, you're right. Anything under 250 dollars, then definitely get shit. And the good production that you're talking about, which I'm not, they, they are. They're, they're, I've seen it. The, the level has definitely stepped up. But those people that you're talking about, they elevate. You know what I'm saying? They start doing better videos. They right. start doing better More stuff. Other shit too. And then they start seeing that the world's a lot bigger because like, it's no different than somebody from the hood. I know people that ain't never stepped outside of the Bells. They never stepped outside of the east side. Exactly. They, they live on the east side, and you live in Aurora, and they're like, yo, that's just too far. And I'm like, yo, it's 15 minutes away. That's your mindset. Depends on the time of day, bro. You know what I'm saying? Uh, true. True enough. <laughs> but you know what I mean. No, you know what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, it's like, yo, if you're going to elevate, elevate. Right. But if you're not going to elevate and you're going to stay stagnant, then stay stagnant. But you can't be mad when other people are, you know. But then I've also understood that I can't keep up. You know what I'm saying? I can't do everything. Like some of these youngsters, man, they, yo, they slick. The technology and everything. So you just take a step back. And if I could help a youngster, help somebody, put them on the game or give them an opportunity, I'm always for that. I might be an asshole, but I'm very generous as well. And I don't feel the game is supposed to be sold and not told. I'll tell you anything you want to know. You got to figure out how to make the money off of it. Right. That's your business. I'm not going to fish for you, too. Cook it, feed you, clean the dishes <laughs> clean afterwards. <laughs> like, damn, man, wipe your ass, too? What you going to do in the <laughs> game, bro? Step step up. Yeah, what are you doing for you? So, Not for real. I mean, you've always shown me mad love, dog. You know what I mean? And, you know, always come through for different shit. I, I want to even say I was telling someone this the other day. I think I asked you for, I was looking for beats for like an intro or some shit, and I asked you for beats. You sent me like fucking 50 beats. You know what I mean? It was like, damn, like. Yeah, most people, I think a lot of people have a misconception like, oh, Lynn thinks he's better than us, or Lynn, you know, whatever, Lynn's an asshole or whatever, I'm unapproachable, Um, which is true to a certain extent. But if you come to me and you let me know exactly what time it is, I fucks with you. Right. But if you sit there and you hit me with this, oh man, you know, I'm struggling right now. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. And then I listen to your music and I'm like, well, where's this guy at? Because I'm hearing a whole bunch of braggadocious, fugazi, fuckboy shit. Like, dude, you're not even keeping it real. You know what I'm saying? I can't respect people who don't keep it real in their music or their art. You know what I'm saying? You're just doing it to make some money off of it or to get some radio play or to get your DJ to spin, you know, your record and stuff like that. Like most DJs will spin your shit because they want to play the hottest shit. Most DJs want to play the hottest shit. But if you give the DJ some whack shit, they're not going to fuck up their night playing your shit. Even if you pay them, like they might play it, but they going to, hey, look, you want to know how good your shit is? Play it at the club. You'll see exactly what time it is. Either A, they going to jam or B, they going to sit their ass down or go get a drink. I'm not going to give somebody like K-Tone my music. You know what I'm saying? K-Tone's not going to play my shit in the club because we don't make club music. 
You know what I'm saying? My shit is more for like lounges, more for just some happy hour, just chill vibe. You rolling in the car and stuff like that. So I would never hit K-Tone or DJ Squizzy or, you know what I'm saying, whoever. I don't even know the DJs right now, you know what I'm saying? But I wouldn't hit them with the music that we make because that's You're not what it's for. You're a whole different lane. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I make music that I want to make, and I ain't trying to impress nobody. You like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. The people that listen to it, they tend to like it. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? I ain't getting a whole bunch of streams. I ain't rich off of it, but it makes me feel better internally, which to me is more, and at least I own my own shit. I don't have to answer to nobody. I ain't got no front man, you know, fronting my studio time or paying for my wardrobe and paying for my, like, this is all out of pocket. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. If I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. Nah, for sure, for sure. And what do you do now? And what have you been doing? Like, talk about all the video editing and all that, like, working. Now I work for stars. Right. Um, so I work on, like, marketing campaigns. So, like, the stuff you see on social media, like, mm -hmm. this show's coming up or, you know, this premiere and stuff like that or the commercials and stuff that you see, right. that's what I do. Well, then let's take it back. Before you were actually making, weren't you making shows or editing shows? Yeah, I was working for a company called High Noon, which did like reality TV. Um, so I was doing more editing and like the audio mixing for shows like Fixer Upper and um, uh, Cake Boss and Extreme Water Parks and this show called Prospectors and, you know, stuff like that. I was doing like reality TV. And that's what you were talking about earlier, just using your skills in a professional, you know, area where you can actually make some good money. You know what I mean? I just never really wanted to work, I guess, you, a regular, I've worked a regular job before. Right. But I didn't, you know, put in all this time, you know, go to school and, and, and get these degrees and stuff like that just so I could go work just a regular job. Like, I haven't worked a regular job outside of the industry, and I'd say 20 years. Alright. So this is, I mean, this is what this I do. Is, like, this is, this is what I do. Like, right. when somebody be like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I do music. Nah, you, you work at such and such. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If they ask you what your hobby is, then you can say doing music. But if you ain't really making <coughs> no money, money off of this, you can't really say music is your job. You can't. If you cannot pay a bill or, you know, satisfy your financial obligations, music or anything else bro it's a hobby right i play video games all the time that's my hobby i ain't making i know some people that's making millions of dollars off of playing video games that's what you do right. you know what i'm saying i do video editing i do audio engineering i do you know mixing and mastering um if somebody wants beats we got beats i mean i don't really do features and stuff like that you ain't gonna hear lenny lynn on a feature um, nah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I, there, there has to be a certain level of exclusivity. You can't just be everything to everybody because then you end up looking like a fucking prostitute that'll fuck anybody for $5. And I ain't trying to be that. You got people on your, on your shit. Do I have people on my stuff? Mm -hmm. My brother. Him and his brother? That's it. Me and my brother, Aries Jackson. That's who we go by. And, you know, we do all the beats, all the mixing, all the mastering. That's it. My brother, you know, if he wanted to get on somebody's shit, that's his business. You know what I'm saying? But you're not going to get an Aries Jackson but feature. Shit, yeah. yeah, but I, I don't you're do my own Aries. shit. Yeah, I don't right, do my own. Right. Like, all the stuff that we do now is we do our music. Yeah. Um, so, real quick, if Foe hit you up tomorrow and said, hey, Lenny, I want a verse. Nope. You ain't doing it? Nope. Is there anyone that you would do it for? 
not from Colorado. I mean, you have to be somebody like it has to be like the opportunity of a lifetime, like far stretch, like Jay Z wanted a verse. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Outcast was doing a reunion album and right, was like, right. "Yo, man, we've heard y'all shit, man. We want y'all to fuck with us on some shit." It has to be somebody like right. that. But as far as me doing a verse for a, a Colorado artist. Nah, I'm not in demand like that either. So, I mean, you know, I don't think anybody's right. going to sit there and be like, oh, well, you know, Lynn ain't getting on our verse. Most nah, just, people are probably like, who the fuck is he anyway? We don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Not like people are beating down the door. Hey, you know shit, what I'm saying? They need shit mixed, mastered. Like you said, they need beats. You know what I mean? You got all that video. I don't know if you still do videos, but, you know, probably not if the price nah, was I right. Mean, I mean, if the price was right. But my thing is this, like, like how you were saying, like, I don't want to do a video. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I got a $200 budget, then that's what it's going to look like. How is that beneficial to me? That's not helping me. That actually makes me look worse because I just don't really do that. I mean, I have the network and I have the resources where if somebody really, really wanted to do an ill-ass video. That's what I was just about to ask. What would be a good budget for like an ill-ass video? Would it be more than a thousand? I would say maybe. Well, could we get away with fifteen hundred? No, two. Nope. Like I'm talking about at least five to ten G's. Just because tight. Right. to do a, a tight video, huh. not the videos that you see now where it's just one camera shot, right. a little bit of movement and stuff like that. It's a whole bunch of niggas standing in front of their cars with some girls twerking, you know what I'm saying, in the neighborhood. Like, I'm talking about like a real video that right. you actually see on TV. Uh, yeah, I would say starting at about five to ten. <laughs> I mean, some of these videos have budgets of five hundred, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And that's what I was just going to get to too, as well. I was just watching the Buster Rhymes video. Put your um, hands under my eyes, and he's like painted up like at least six different times. I'm alone, like God damn, that's like six different probably days where because you figure you get painted up all red. It's not like you know what I mean. You got to get all that shit washed off. Da da da. He's like painted up like six times in that video, and that's not even right. counting all the dancing and all the other fucking crazy shit running from the elephant. No. What's a video like that you think costs? That's a million dollar video. Easily. That was a hype William video. That's yeah, a million dollars. That's when they was doing them videos for like a million dollars because you got to pay for like the elephants and the animal handlers and oh, stuff like yeah. that. Now the video dudes now will show up with one camera they're shooting you know what i'm saying they might have one person with them to set up some lights if they got lights most of the time they might be using natural lighting you know what i'm saying outside lighting and stuff like that and then they'll go and then they'll do the editing themselves you know what i'm saying fifteen hundred dollars some of these lenses cost more than fifteen hundred dollars right. You know what I'm saying? That's what I've heard. Um, you, then you want to do like color correction, and then you might want some special effects and stuff like that. And you know, when you start doing that, I would say like, man, to do a video, like in all honesty, I probably wouldn't even talk to anybody about doing a video under five thousand. I would refer them to somebody else. Like, yo, there's other people that do videos more in your budget. Mm -hmm. um, you should probably talk to them. But if you have the money like that and you're really you're not saying that you're not serious, because I, I don't think that having the money makes you any more or less serious. You know what I'm saying? Because you could have a vision, but just not have the finances to do it. And that's OK, too. But we can't turn we can't make two hundred and fifty dollars look like ten thousand. Right. You know what I'm saying. And if you can find somebody that really can do that shit man you better book Jump them on up that shit. book them up now but yeah i would say anything under five thousand dollars isn't really even worth my time yeah. dang to do a video video right. yeah because if we're gonna do a video bro we're gonna do a video 
we're not gonna like even with lazy bullshit. Sundays and stuff like that, like just shooting and stuff like that. Nah, that was running. Fucking, that was making fun. it happen. Yeah, that was just fun running gun shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's cool. Um, yeah, I would say five to ten. We can make something happen. Right. Well, you got a fucking long ass history, man. And I know you've been a million places, been to a million shows. What's some of the crazy things you've seen throughout the years? Just fucking either in the club or wherever, just fucking studio shit. Some shit that made you just like, God damn. Who wants the crazy shit? Crazy it's shit. Um, I mean, I didn't really see too, too much crazy shit because I was definitely more behind the scenes. Right. Um, but I would say some of the crazy shit I'd say that I saw, I remember we was at a show and the dude was like, hey, go get us some hyenas. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. So he was like, basically, go get him some girls. So I had to go into the audience and was just like randomly just picking chicks. I was like, yo, you want to go backstage? And Who is this for? I ain't gonna. I'll tell you off here. Oh. I ain't gonna say his name. <laughs> was right it now. like? Was it like a major group or a Denver? Group? You know who it was. Oh, it it wasn't a Denver group. He was. You talking about the Cali Connects? You you okay. definitely you mentioned him okay. when we was talking off air. You okay. know what I'm saying? You mentioned one of the people. Um, but I went and I was getting girls and stuff like that. And I was talking to this one girl, and I was like, "Yo, you want to go backstage?" And she was like, "Yeah." And uh, her dude was there. Oh, and was like, uh, well, let's go. And I was like, uh, I said, hey, it's only for the females, bro. No disrespect or anything like that. And uh, so I was like, I was just going to leave it be. Right. You know what I'm saying? She pressed it. She was like, fuck him. I was like, oh, you're just going to leave your dude right there? And she was yeah. like, yeah. Oh, so she went back. And uh, we was downstairs. And I remember uh, they was like, anybody who ain't fucking leave. You know, there's a couple girls that, you know, have respect for themselves, and they left. And there was some girls that sat there. She happened to be one of them. I was like, damn. And I don't know what happened because, you know, they went to the door closed room or whatever, and she got out adjusting herself, and she went back out into the crowd and gave her man a kiss in the mouth. Damn. And I'm not sure what happened back there behind that door, but, ugh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was... <laughs> That was kind of crazy. That was probably the most crazy thing that, classic, um, that I've seen. I mean, I've seen arguments. They've been doing fights. that shit. Fuck. I've seen people get guns pulled on them. Um, Remember the first time you seen a gun in the studio or not? Uh, yeah. I, remember, I remember that shit. Someone just popped out. And I it wasn't just one. It wasn't just, was one. Like, just one. It was several. <laughs> it was several guns um, in the studio when I went. But that was just kind of a normal thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I do remember <laughs> we had did a video shoot uh, with guns in the video. And uh, <laughs> the people in the video, they didn't have guns at the time. So I had to supply all the guns. <laughs> and they was all my guns. And uh, they, were, they, were, uh, they were shaking. You know, trying to load the gun. They were trying to put the bullets in the Why clip. Why were they loading them for the video? The, the, the name <laughs> of the song was called Loaded Gun. Okay. Probably not the safest one there, Lenny. <laughs> that was the name of the song. So I listened to the song. And, like, if I'm going to do a video, I'm going to listen to the song. And I'm going to put a video together. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, it was funny. I'm sure he's listening. If he listens to this, he might laugh. I ain't going to say his name, though. But you know him. That's hilarious, man. You look up the song, man. 
I was going to ask you, is any of that music online? All like of the, it. Like the one with Q-Burst? And... All of it. It's all online. Shit, so, where can they find it? Um, I think the Q-Burst one is on Bandcamp, if I'm not mistaken. You could just type in Q period burst, B-U-R-S-E, mm-hmm. and it's the Adidas project. Um, that's on there. Um, all the stuff that we've done is on YouTube either under contenders or under Aries Jackson, um, which is spelled A-I-R-E-S, not A-R-I-E-S. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on all streaming sites. So you could go to Apple Music or Tidal or Spotify and um, type in Aries Jackson and all the newer stuff. Like some of the older stuff isn't really there um, because we just didn't put it out right. like that. But like if you go to contenders or Aries Jackson, you'll see a lot of that stuff there's some stuff like i said with solo on there her videos is on there the cubers videos that on there documentary anywhere yeah that's, is on, that that's on contenders contenders youtube, YouTube page yeah that, man you was, have to send me a link to this shit because yeah. i definitely want to check some of this no, stuff I'll definitely out. i'll definitely do that i'll send you uh i'll send you the link with with the stuff that uh that we did and i'm sure you know other people i put some stuff yeah, yeah put it up there so it's uh, all up there hell yeah How'd you get into freestyling? Because, like I said, we we collabed a couple times with the Lazy Sundays. That's just, I mean, really, that's how it started. Um, and it used to, it started because um, we used to do this thing, me, my brother, and two of the other homeboys. Um, we did this thing called Preview Tuesday. So, babe, remember when the music came out? The new music always right. came out on Tuesdays. Tuesday. So literally, I was the one that I would go get like pretty much anything new, hip hop and R&B. I was at the store and I get it. I didn't have to listen to it. So I get it. And then we would just get together either, you know, at my crib or in the car, somewhere we'd meet up at a a, a neutral location. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd just, you know, roll up a couple, pour up some some stuff. And uh, we would just listen to the music and we would start freestyling over it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's kind of how it started. And then we would go to school, like, in study hall and beat on the table, and we'd have, like, little shows. So me and my brother would always be rapping, and everybody else that would want to jump in Mm -hmm. to the cypher or whatever, they would always stop and be like, yo, y'all just keep going. So instead of, like, we never, I never really liked Mike Hogs or people that just keep rapping, like, you right. ain't really saying nothing but nigga and motherfucker over and over again, because you got to get your two syllables in to make sure your words match. Um, <laughs> so we'd always pass the mic back and forth, but then I'd pass the mic to somebody, and they'd look stuck, like, they didn't know what to do with it, so my brother would end up picking it up, and we'd just go back and forth, and we'd do that on the back of the bus, and then and even this at, at the locker. South, right? Yeah, this was the South, so people would just walk up and be like, yo, bus a flow, bus a freestyle, and even, like, really to this day, like, I remember the last, it was like maybe about three months ago, I went to the, uh, we went to the liquor store off of Mississippi and Sable. And uh, <laughs> it was like. She must have at the liquor store? It was, yeah, it was like four <laughs> people outside. And my brother hates going to that liquor store. He'd be like, bro, we got to go here. And I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So um, I remember getting out the car and it was like four people that was freestyling. And I kind of looked at them and I went to the liquor store and got what I needed to get. And I was walking out and uh, 
it was uh they were still freestyling and did, did you ever see that movie uh malibu's most wanted yeah okay so remember when uh beat rad was walking and they called his name and he stopped and he turned around and was like man i can't help it i just gotta go right so i went and i walked over there and my brother was like fuck man like dude you're gonna go over here and i was like i can't help it so they were just freestyling to me i'm just standing there kind of listening and one of the dudes was like you got something to say and i was like nah not right now y'all go ahead go keep going and I just kind of let the energy build up. Mm-hmm. And then this one dude went and then he stopped like he fumbled and he, he stopped right and up. I just picked it up and I just kept going. And then it was like the crowd started getting bigger and I was like, yo, man. And then I seen the police roll by and I was like, oh, it's time to go. Right. It's time to go. But I mean, I'm a sucker for a cypher, man. I am. I just, I am. <laughs> it's like if I'm standing there, like everybody starts freestyling and stuff like that, unless you're super whack. And I just don't, I'm not moved. But if I hear some decency, I'll be like, yeah, I'll say a line or two. Spit some shit. All right. Well, we're going to have a couple ciphers here, man. We're going to have to invite you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, come spit with us. I'll get down. You've done it before. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, he's, shoot, he was like a regular, man. I had a couple people that were regulars on the Lazy Sunday, like you and fucking Jay Money. Like, you know what I mean? And what's funny is I tell people this all the time. When we're doing the Lazy Sundays, I don't know if you remember, but, like, the first season, we're smoking Reggie. And at the end, like, I remember, like, Jay Money talking about that shit, like, the stems and the seeds and this is bullshit. And then the second season, literally, like, fucking medical marijuana becomes legal and we have all our fucking... We got a bigger budget. Everybody had the, the little yeah, pill bottles. Everybody had their pill dispensary bottles. And we was getting high as a motherfucker. It was funny, dog. Like, you know what I mean? That was uh, that was fun. I remember, man, it was, you know, because who Dent was there. I remember Dent came through. Right, fucking. Uh, deals would always come through. Deals would come through. Turner. That's how I met Deals. That's how I met Turner. Turner Jackson. Uh, Surge was there with us a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jay fucking Money. YG. YG, yeah. That was, um, I mean, that was, that was fun. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like, we was putting in work. And I'm not saying these kids ain't putting in work now. I mean, they are. And mm-hmm. I say, I'm not one of them old dudes that's like, yo, these youngsters ain't doing There's shit. There's some that are. There's some that are putting in the work, and you can tell. Yeah, but there's some but, that suck, too. But there's some that suck from our era. There's always going to be some people that suck. But that's also subjective, too, because right. what sucks to me, you might think is dope as fuck. That's wild. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't hear the same thing, because, like, to me, like, I think Jay-Z is, like, the best ever. Uh, but then I got a partner that fucking hates Jay-Z's guts, and he thinks he sucks. That's what that's where I'm at. I mean, he's all right. Jay-Z think, is the best to me. I think Reasonable Doubt was tight. Was was It's a classic. And my only other album that I like that he's ever did is the, um, fuck, I just had the name of it. It's one with all of them on. It's like a compilation almost. Oh, the Dynasty. Dynasty. Now that shit rocks too. But Bleak and Nas fan. Nas is. Like, I like Nas. He's like, yeah, yeah. But you know, that whole thing happened between them two. I was definitely like, oh yeah, Nas. But I, I like Jay Z too. He has some really dope production. He kills his shit. Is dope. But I don't know. I think there's a, a few, on my list. There's a few rappers that I like. I can't really think of any of the youngsters right now that really like like I like little baby. Um yeah. I like him. Right. I just don't like the sound. Like I hate that fucking auto-tune whiny shit that Little Wayne made famous with Lollipop. It's like that's what every rapper aspires to sound like. Like I like Kendrick. Um I like Kendrick. I like 
I like Jay Cole. Cole. Yeah. Um, I like I I don't is his name Lut Lut, L U T E. He has a uh, album called Gold Mouth. Yo, that shit jamming. I think he's on Dreamville. I think he's with Jay Cole and them's camp. I like Earth Gang. I yeah, think Earth Gang is dope, dope as yeah. fuck. I like Jid. Jid is the um, shit. Jid is. I like Mozzie a lot. Yeah. I yeah, really Mozzie's like Mozzie. I like Mozzie. I like uh, Toby. Uh, Toby Nuigui? Yeah, oh, I like him a lot. Death. I, hey, real quick, do you fuck with Burner? I know Burner differently. Right. I don't know him as the rapper. You know what I'm saying? So, no. I don't no. fuck with his music like that. But he's making noise, though. I see right. he's a... Uh, like he his, makes the Forbes list, bro. Did you see oh, that? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But it wasn't from... Uh, no. Rapid. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, he has the perfect plan, dog. When he can go to, like, Snoop Dogg or even Young Dolph and say, hey, do a whole album with me. I'll give you point zero 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 one percent of cookies. You know, fuck say no. It's still, right. like, millions and millions of dollars. You know what I mean? And look how many albums he has. Like, he has albums with Young Dolph. He has album with Be Real, album with Mozzie. That shit's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to peep that shit. Like, at first I was like, eh, but then, you know what I mean? I mean, I've listened to him. I just, I just ain't, he, he don't move my needles. I'll, I'll say that. But, I mean, he definitely has a following. He's definitely came up. You know what I'm saying? He's came a long way. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. So, you know, and plus, he, you know, he's diversifying his portfolio where it's not just rapping. It's not just weed, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. he's actually turned it into a legit oh, business. Yeah, a good-ass brand. And he's probably making more money legit than, you know, doing yeah. it on the side. Because, you know, let's be real. Like, selling weed at one point was not legit. Right. Like, now you go open the dispensary and ball the fuck out. But there was a time you had to call the weed, man. You know what I'm saying? And hope it wasn't a drought. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? Hope he wasn't out. Right. I hope he could come through and not you be sitting there waiting for Remember two you had days. to sit no, and yeah, wait yeah, for the week, yeah, man. For real. I thought y'all was hustling, bro. What part of the guy thought you was nah. getting money? You can't get money. You sitting there playing Madden and shit like that. My homie Toast was the chronic man, and it would always be like a two, three-day bullshit. Like, oh, I'm eating lunch right now, bro. All right, well, cool. Shit, when you get done, can you swing by? Yeah, I'll be right there. Fucking nothing. You but even the weed, man, the was the worst one for the fucking notorious for getting high on your own supply. Oh, yeah. That's rule. You smoke you're more. Supposed to. Exactly. You're smoking more than you're selling. Like you're smoking or you're selling to support your weed habit. And right. most weed right. men that I knew definitely smoke more than what they sold. Like like that people that were that you were couldn't. just nah, people that were just like, yeah, uh they sell weed to their homies. People come grab a bag from them. Yes. Absolutely. But like I don't know cats back in the day moving ten packs, twenty packs at a time and they were making Real paper, they were pinching a little bit and they were smoking, you know, it wasn't enough. But them wasn't to, the ones that you would call for the weed, man, to get you nah, a little nah, 20 nah, sack nah, or something that, like yeah, that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you didn't. That, that was, was why the plug I, of I, the never, plug. I never ran out of weed. I always, like, I, I, I didn't even know what a drought was. Yeah. I remember I a drought with Reggie one time for almost like a month. And, like, it was like, it wasn't nowhere. And I had a plug, 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 bro, and like nothing. And, like, I remember it was like a month and. You're buying chronic the first couple of weeks, but that shit got expensive because back yeah. then it was a hundred yeah. a quarter, three hundred a zip. If you could, if you could find it, if Ex- you could find some good shit, yeah. too, like some people wet that shit down, and rip you off, like it mm-hmm. was no it for was real. A cold I bought game. some yeah stupid ass it was shit a like cold that. Game back I miss there. Reggie, though. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, can I, we I, bring Reggie back? Can we bring that brick? back? Absolutely not. But <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I do too. I miss the nostalgia behind it. I miss that it was 
but it, it's not the same no more. There's right. No When's the last time you smoked Reggie? Oh, it's uh, been a minute. A couple years, actually. Uh, one of these little young cats I know just was like, look what I got. See, I, man, you hear some Reggie. That's like that that's nostalgia right shit. there. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You, it, you yeah. probably have a headache in the season. Nah, you were high as fuck. No, you I might be. No, I thought that. It wasn't some good Reg then. I thought that. It was decent Reggie. It was like cool. I remember... It wasn't like the fire Reggie you used right. to get back in the day, but it was like not that nasty seated yeah. brown shit that tear up your fingers trying to break. Yeah. That's why y'all had to get them grinders. That. You don't need no grinders for the it fluffy. Wasn't nah. that. It wasn't that either. So it was like right in between, and it smelled good. I thought, bro. I mean, come on. I'm smoking. I smoke Eighth Woods. I know, but I used to switch that I shit just, up back in the day, bro. Yeah, but you, couldn't you were always, smoking bowls though. Nah, not That's at what, all. I've always smoked blunts, and I'll even go. I'll even go with this back, like going back, back, like. I used to kick. I was smoking bowls. I used to kick it with That's someone. Because that shit was fun. When I kind of start smoking weed, no, I kind of started smoking blunts. I used to smoke. I used to kick it with this chick, and what she would do is she would get an ounce of Reggie, break that shit down and roll four Philly Titans, and we would literally not always smoke four of them back to back, but we would go until we couldn't, and that's how she she smoked. You know what I mean? And we always. I always smoke blunts and like when I was doing the music I would do that because I like to have chronic every now and then but I would smoke chronic for a week and I hit the Reggie you know what I'm saying I never smoked shit. a bowl no nah I didn't smoke, I didn't fuck with pipes <laughs> I feel pipes that. always reminded me of crackheads see I, I I feel that too and I understand that I mean most people I know were junkies and shit back in the day but but I, I first time I ever smoked Weed uh, kill was with these white kids, and they have pipes. You know, and white so, boys smoke yeah. And so I'm like, Kinda. and they're like, and, and it's a sick ass pipe. It's like not anything like I seen anybody uh -huh. smoking anything else out of. You know, oh, it wasn't a pipe. That was, they so, called it glass at the time. No, no, glass. It was heavy. It was a heavy. Exactly. And, these, and it was tight as fuck. And so like, I'm like, oh, tight. Yeah. And they're they're showing mm -hmm. me what's up, and they're the ones who have the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean? I know what you're talking fire, about. Fire. And it was like a different thing because my cousins always had. The brick weed, I that was like, you know, it was, yeah. it was dope. I had a really cool childhood because of them. But at the same time, like when I found Chronic, like some fire, fire, it was these white kids in Boulder. See, that they was the thing that the white on, boys always bro. had what they called the kind bud. Right. The essays always had the brick weed yep. or the Reggie. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Or the hood dudes always had the Reggie. The Reggie. And every now and then mm -hmm. they would, because they called it dough at the time. They started calling right, it Indo or whatever. Yeah, Indo, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, I remember this white boy was like, I got some kind bud. And I was uh -huh. like, fuck is that yeah. I only, we just smoke weed over here man he was like know, oh bro. no no this is good yeah. and then I remember my older brother came from Seattle <laughs> and uh, he was like y'all smoke weed out here and I was like yeah and he was like what y'all smoking out here and I had some some Reggie and he looked at it and was like what the fuck he was like no I don't think we supposed to be smoking this shit right here what is this I don't know about this and he pulled out some weed and it was purple that uh -huh. was the first time I ever seen purple weed in my life I was like what the fuck is this right and he was like, oh, man, y'all ain't got purple out here? I was like, uh, not that I've seen. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, okay, <laughs> y'all yeah. will. And uh, But that was right around the time that the dispensaries had uh, started opening up and stuff like that. And See, I seen it. The first time I seen purple, it was growing in my in a, one of my friend's basement. Oh, okay. And he had a, I mean, I don't know where he got this mm -hmm. genetic. It was so far. And I might it might just be because the nostalgia behind it, but... That was like some of the firest purple I ever smelt or tasted. It was like, and it wasn't big buds. Like he didn't he didn't kill it by no means. It was homegrown, you know. Mm -hmm. 
but it was fire as fuck. It was really good, tasty flavor. I never had no purple like Yeah, that I ain't never again. had no purple either. Right. And I remember uh, my little sister's boyfriend at the time was trying to hang out, and it was like, yo, I smoke. And my dad was like, hey, Val, nah, he was like, I don't think so, man. You might want to take it easy. And he was like, yo, I'm good. Mm-mm. That boy almost passed out. I was like, I tried to, t- I mean, because me, like, even when I was smoking at the time, like, I was never the type that kept smoking just to try to impress somebody. I knew my limit. Right. I'm high, I'm good, man. Y'all go ahead, y'all can smoke as much as y'all want to enjoy. But I seen people, like, literally just oh, back to back to keep back, smoking. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, you ain't high yet. I'm high, man. I'm it's good. It's, it's, that's me. And even yeah. getting too high, <laughs> I never like getting too high. Yeah, we keep smoking. I never like getting too high, bro. Like I never like getting like like I like that all buzz. Yeah, but like getting all night, and I hated cotton mouth. Like that's I hated cotton mouth. Right I'm like, damn, these cups are not big enough, bro. Right? Oh man, no, I hate those cups. That's why I had to stop to get just to make sure I, I have the cup, bro. Yeah. And you know what's funny though is y'all both talk about those stories, and I have a story that hits both of them, bro. Because like. I remember one of the first times getting introduced to Chronic was up in Boulder. Yeah. And I had met this fool, like, in, actually not up in Boulder, but in college, kind of the same thing. But when I was in college, we went to a couple of Grateful Dead concerts. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we went to that shit, and, like, a cat that was in my fraternity, he was in the same fraternity here in Boulder. And he, I, I, I've seen him a couple of times, you know what I mean, at the fucking, at the fucking like you talk about the Grateful Dead shows, mm-hmm. and he was selling shirts, and he would always have the chronic and mushrooms and everything, you know what I mean? So when I would come back home to Denver, I would always go up to Boulder because I knew a gang of fools up there that were in the same fraternity. But I went up there to go meet him, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got bud, I got bud. And everywhere at like some party up in Boulder, and everyone's on the porch and on the on the on the grass smoking with little pipes glass. Like all you see is lighters, and everyone's getting high. I'm just like, damn. And then he asked me about the weed I got, and it's some fucking brick weed. And I'm just like, oh yeah, nah, you know. I mean, we can smoke this shit. I'll roll a blunt, but you don't probably really want to smoke this if you smoke. If y'all, y'all. I see what you guys are smoking. Yeah, yeah. And it was like I swear, like a hundred people, and it was all like you know, people long hair, bro, kind of almost hippie boulder motherfuckers going to school. Birkenstocks and, was, and hacky sacks. This was popping then yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a, trying to. Keep, I've been get, to a couple parties up in Boulder that blow your mind, man. But yeah, it was. It it was definitely oh, that's no. the first time I've seen were, it too. They were trying to get back to that love child. We kicked it in Boulder Tough. Yeah, we definitely kicked it in Boulder Tough you had when I was to. in college. Yeah. You couldn't do no hip hop shit in Denver anyways. Like they were in love with that shit. Nah, because that's when Francois and was killing it up there. Boulder was the shit. That was the With Mecca. With Mecca. Yeah, Francois and was yeah. You'd have to worry about getting shot up there. Nope. Also that. Nope. You also definitely that. didn't. There wasn't no problem. You didn't like drive that. all the way to Boulder to get shot. So Hell no. Nah. Most of the time, you just heads. it was just some drunk white boys that would start tripping. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or the yeah. football players was always Fuck you know you guys, yeah. Dude. It's fucking dude. That yeah we but DU was another school too that actually man we had some parties at DU. Yeah, DU I've been to a fun party at DU. Yeah. I was a. Uh, there's oh, money. One of those, they got one money at DU. One of those yeah, where you mark it on the calendar. Like, that was a crazy they time. Like, money DU at DU was one of them for a minute. Yeah. I chilled at Auraria. I went to some really crazy parties at Auraria campus, student housing, too. The original one. Like was, See, they didn't have dorms at the time. At the time, they didn't nah. have them back then, yeah. Mm-mm. But See, there was, was always those, those apartments downtown. Yeah. There was yeah, those yeah. apartments downtown. Right, I was like, oh. Right. Or across the street. At there was those one. Well, they had that building. They had that building already, though, back in the back. That 
that had student housing. And that was one of the first parties I went to. Mm. They redid it, restructured, you know, did the whole thing again. But it, it was, uh, it's by Meow Wolf. Okay. All right. Meow Wolf is dope. We went there too. That shit is dope. I like that place. Dope. Yeah, I like that place. Dope. I went to the one in, uh, New Mexico. That's the one I want to go to. Is that better? I heard it was better because that's like the right. original it's, one. It's 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 definitely you could see that it was a uh, more like people d- did what they with what they had. Okay. They, they made it work. You know, okay. It was created. It's more though ghetto. It's definitely more makeshift and, and you know, a little more. Where, uh, where's it at? New Mexico. Together in uh, Is that Santa Fe. Oh, Santa Fe. Okay. And uh, it, it's it's dope. The venue's in the middle of it. I want to go to a show there. Like that shit would be dope. It's okay. Like, it's pretty dope. You walk through a house and you go to another dimension. It's fucking Where, sick. Yeah. Here it's like corporate, and you walk in and you go and, it, and, and even, that's how they're trying like to be though. Park. Well, that's how they're trying yeah. to be too, and it's dope. I like I like what they did. You're about to blast off to another dimension, uh-huh. you know? and it's cool. Like you get on a spaceship. That's the real. But but everyone at this meal, if it's not as they had the material, they had the money to you know. The it's budget. a little more organic then. Yeah. You were saying. yeah it okay. Was, it definitely, but. It's Denver's tighter. Yeah. As far as as big as as big as it is and as creative as it was, the okay. material they used, everything. All right, for sure. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So, I want to be there right now, actually. <laughs> I got one last question for you, bro. Before we cut this, you remember the first time you smoked weed? Yeah. Yep. I was uh, 16 years old, and I was. It was at TJ. Oh, shit. And we had ditched. It was this dude. His name was Commandus. And I remember going. It, we had ditched class, and we was all hanging out over some people's house. And they were smoking. And he was like, you smoke? And I was like, oh, hell yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I smoke. And he was like, all right. So I, I got to take back my statement about I, I never smoked a bulb because the first time I did smoke was out of a three-foot bong. Oh, and uh, I was like, yo, I ain't never smoked out of one of these. How you do it? So they showed me. And I remember they was like, yo, just pull. You'll hear the water bubbling. Yeah. And then we're going to take this out, and all the smoke's going to, you know, you'll get the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I remember pulling. All right, no, we're just going. And that fool pulled that shit out, and that smoke. Hit me in the chest. I swear to God, both my lungs exploded and collapsed at the same time. That shit was on fire. I remember going outside, and I couldn't really breathe. I remember trying to catch my breath and stuff like that. And then finally, like, I remember my chest being on fire. But then after that feeling went away, I felt awesome. Like, that (laughs) feeling was fucking great. And I remember they turned on Master P. It was Master P and uh, Break Em Off Something came on with UGK. And it was the illest shit I've ever heard in my life. And I just remember sitting there and I was just bobbing my head. And they was like, you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm straight. And then I remember I was like, all right, it's time to go home. So I had to catch the bus to the crib. Right. And I remember I got on, I was walking to the bus stop and I remember I passed the Taco Bell. Hit Taco Bell. Walked a little further, hit a Burger King. <laughs> Gotta go to Burger King. And I just remember just eating up a gang of shit. And I got home and I was still hungry. And I just remember I could not stop grinning. I just was grinning like <laughs> fucking ear to ear, just smiling. Right. And uh, then that was pretty much it. I ain't never been that high ever again in my life that first time. Except maybe that time I smoked that perp. And then it was kind of that same kind of feeling like that. But 
Yeah, I was 16 years old. I remember that. Well, that's crazy, bro, because not too many people talk about taking a big old bong rip the first time they get high. <laughs> for real, that's the first time out of like, maybe like 200 episodes. That's like, what happens real. when you try to show out and be cooler than what you really is, and you pay the fucking price. Like, that yeah, shit burns. A three-foot bong, and you took it like a, you tried to take like it like smoke. a G, but like no. Nah. Right, like I done smoked, like smoked dogs. That's what you, you know do, what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, fuck that. Like smoky over there. Never shit. smoked a bong ever again, though. <laughs> never, never smoked a bunch ever ever nope awesome like I, I used to i was blunts i remember trying to roll a blunt i went through a whole pack of swishers and then that last one i mean it was they look raggedy as fuck but i mean shit it was the last blunt rap so we gonna have to make it work we had to hold it with two hands like a fucking yep. flute or something like that so it wouldn't it kept Separate. you know what i'm yep. saying it kept yep. running and yep. shit like that it was raggedy as fuck but it did i mean it did what we needed it to do but it, i did you know what i'm saying but it definitely took uh <laughs> it took a whole pack because that's what they used to sell them in the fives and well it wasn't cigarillos it was uh primos Perfectos, Perfectos, that's what it was. Damn. Swisher Sweet Perfectos, the fat daddy ones. You know what I'm saying? You got to split it. And then I got good where I could split it with my nail. You know what I'm saying? I'd roll it up driving and stuff like that. Like, I, I was pretty good at rolling blunts, man. I never fuck with, like, backwoods. It was only Swishers. Right, we didn't smoke that shit back in the day. That's, like, new shit. Them shits was I mean, gross, man. I think were doing it back in the day. I don't like, ever remember anyone smoke, smoking like backwoods at all, bro. I remember my uncle used to smoke backwoods, but the cigars. Oh, the actual cigar like cigars. He had them in his mouth. Oh, right. He just tried to look cool. That's like some, that's some old man shit. Mm. I remember my neighbor, who he was like an old white man like that. He used to smoke cigars, and like he used to have these little nephews that came down they would steal his snuff you know what I mean oh, <laughs> ugh, that shit that gross shit, bro. Like, so stupid, you know I'll saying? be yeah. seeing the white dudes <laughs> eating that shit Fuck yeah, bro. spitting in they juice thing I'm like ugh that shit gross no man. this was like some fucking it was like snuff was like yeah, some powder shit snuff. that was oh, like I thought you were talking about the tobacco no, that, that shit. was later this was some like in a little round circle bro yeah and you put it on your like thing and you would take a fucking hit of oh, it oh that's coke bro that ain't no snuff <laughs> no, that was that coke bro bro no this was some shit they probably still sell it's still a thing. They it's still probably a thing. still sell it enough is coke for, it's coke, for coke for coke. No, bro. This it's, is it's coke for, for tobacco heads. Oh, no. And then I thought these fools were all it's cool. It's a shot of nicotine yeah, in your yeah, brain. It's, it's a shot of nicotine. It's crazy. You snowed it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. It's like, watch thing. Google that shit. Yeah, Fuck it's that. terrible. Cool. It's like some tobacco you <laughs> snort. <laughs> Only thing I ever fucked with was weed and drank. That's it. This is when we were like little kids. Like I said, this was like some older shit. This is what they did back in the day. Oh, man. Like my neighbor fool was like a cop in Denver with like a billy club in the sewers. Like that's back. He didn't have a fucking gun. You know what I mean? So his shit, like, that's a whole different generation. Oh, that's man. that Model A. He was a flat foot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a flat foot, spit a little baton around. Yeah, oh, dog. no. So think of this. He actually owned, like, this fool that lived on the corner, he actually owned three quarters of the block. Oh, no shit. And ended up selling, like, four houses on the block. Like, yeah, he was, like, when they were, like, older white people that had money. Like, you know what I mean? That You know what I mean? That's what my goal is. I want to own my whole cul-de-sac. There's one, two, three, four, five. Five houses include mine. Well, six houses include mine. So pretty much that's my goal. I just ain't nobody moved yet. But that's really what I would want to do is own every single house on that cul-de-sac. Yeah, that's a fucking good-ass goal, bro. <laughs> building up. All right. We'll see. Hey, you got any shout-outs, man? Any any last scenes? Any final thoughts? Nah, shout-out Aries Jackson. Make sure you check them out. For um, sure. 
on every stream of site. A-I-R-E-S Jackson. That's really the only shout out. Shout out to y'all for, you know what I'm saying? Let me get on the mic and say some stuff. Oh, for sure. This is definitely a dope podcast, bro. You know what I'm saying? So appreciate that. I'm sure there's even much more that we don't even know about that you've done. It's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, they'll they'll find out. We call those Easter eggs. I always tell my brother, I was like, yo, they may not pay attention now, but eventually they're going to go back and they're going to realize how dope we were and what type of impact. Regardless of whether I make a list or not or whether... You know, the powers that be, you know, it used to bother me a little bit and be like, man, I ain't getting no props or nothing. And I've done some shit, especially when I hear people, oh, I'm the first to do this or shout out to such and such being the first. And I'm like, I am. Yeah, I mean, you're really not the first one to, you know, to do that, especially when people talk about radio. Like, it fucking blows my mind. Like, you, you don't mention me at all. And I've done some shit that even to this day, I've yet to see anybody else do. Anybody. But, you know. You don't always get the, you don't always get your flowers when you can smell them. Fuck but as it. long as them fucking checks keep coming in, I'm cool, man. Right. As long as my little kids, like one of the coolest things, I remember when I did work for KS1075 and I did the first summer jam. And I remember going up on stage, which was like, that was a dream. And I go up on stage and they introduce me and the crowd starts crying, you know, screaming or whatever. And I heard my daughter in the audience, my daughter had to be seven years old eight years old at the time and i just remember saying that's my daddy right there that right there paid for everything and then i got to take my son backstage to one of their shows so he got to hang out with like wiz khalifa and fat joe and stuff like that so he got to you know dad was kind of cool right you know what i'm saying so then it but then it got real bad real quick and that that working at that station fucked me up a lot it took me into a really really dark place Mm -hmm. um that was it took me a while to get out of i think if i went back to radio now my wife would probably divorce me she ain't having it she was nah she ain't like she wasn't really having the 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 radio station ks but she knew that i always wanted to work there i made it there a year i made it there a year and then i left and because i was working both jobs that's the thing about i was doing the radio and i was doing tv so i'd literally wake up at three o'clock in the morning to make it to the station by four do all the show prep and everything so the show was ready to go by the time they walked in and I stayed afterwards to cut up the, the, the promos and the best stuff so I didn't leave until maybe about mm, 11, 30, 12 o'clock sometimes I would go home take a quick little nap and I would have to be back at my other job by 3 so I'd literally work there from 3 till about 11, go home get a little bit of nap in, wake up and do the radio station I didn't do anything with that money from the radio station. Every single check I got, I pretty much put half of it in my daughter's account and the other half in my son's account. I didn't even touch that money. So, you know, shout out to KS for helping pay for my son's tuition. For the dough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I definitely do appreciate that. And it was funny because it was sometimes I'd go to concerts and I'd buy my own concert tickets and I'd look back at KS 107.5 section and I was like, oh. That's what they gave y'all. That's the comp tickets. Right. Unless you was the PD or the music director, and then you was greedy, and you kept all the cool shit for yourself. <laughs> I, can I can't see, blame I can them. I'd have did the same thing. I can thing. see that happening. I would have did the same thing. I mean, I'm the program right. director. The boss gets first dibs. I remember when I first went to Summer Jam, they gave me two tickets to Summer Jam in the line. And I was like, nah, fuck it. Y'all can keep these. I'll just buy tickets. So I ended up buying, like, six tickets in, like, the fourth row because I wanted my family to see me there. Right. And then the PD was like, well, how can you afford that? 
shit, ain't with y'all's money. For real, huh? I was I wasn't there for the money. I definitely had plans, just didn't pan out. But it's cool, you know. I ain't got no ill will towards anybody there. I don't. I mean, me saying I wish everybody got fired was kind of fucked up to say. But I was in a fucked up place. I do regret saying that. Um, but anybody still mad about it could kiss my ass. Because they know why I said that. They know what the fuck they did. And they know exactly why. The people that didn't get mad about it, they knew what I was talking about. The people that did get mad about it, I was definitely directing it towards them. There you have it, shit. You know? Said by Lenny Lynn. That's pretty much it on my side. So, All right, brother. Well, shit, we yeah. definitely appreciate you coming on by, man. I mean, it was a great time. Like I said, this was dope. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it was good seeing you, man. I ain't seen you dope in a minute. podcast. Learned a lot that I didn't even know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to send you those links, though. Yeah, appreciate you, bro. It's your boy Joe Thunder. Got Elvis Presley. Yo. Find us on all platforms. We are out of here. Peace. See you Peace. later.